Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? TalkSTL.com real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the war room of the O'Keefe Think Tank, this is Real Spoilers, a very special episode. We should, you know what we should for do? You. <laughs> yeah, for me. <laughs> this is we the should... one where Joe's hooked on caffeine pills. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should play that uh, that that old CBS intro they used to yeah. do before, like cartoons. That'd be cool. Done. I like it. We should do that. Yeah. We just did. I think oh, okay. <laughs> you're done. You're a Foley artist. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, so uh, we should probably uh, back up and explain who we are, because uh, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance. This will probably live in two places eventually. Will, yeah. But eventually, but as initially, it's going to live as an episode of Zilch, which is a Monkees-related podcast. So for regular real listeners of Real Spoilers, you know that I'm a big Monkees fan. For Zilch listeners, I should let you know, nobody else in this room <laughs> is a big Monkees fan. Uh, no, I, yeah, but not like I am. No, 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 no. I mean, but I, I, I'm like I was a, a right. big monkeys fan, and then I met you, and I was like, all right, back to the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I'm not. <laughs> There's like no way I'm keeping up with that. Yeah, so, yeah. And uh, that's when people try to talk to me about comic books. Right, precisely. Yeah. Like, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's a good thing now because I'm a comic book guy. Right. I got like 75 long boxes out there, and then Joe comes in, and I'm like, yeah, no, you got me. And this so, is just like when people try to talk to me about Man of Steel. Yeah. I don't, think Silence. It, I don't think anybody ever really no. tries to talk Nobody about Man of Steel. <laughs> we try to avoid just, that at all costs. So, um, so Change the for, subject. For the Zilch <laughs> listeners, let me bring you up to speed on what Real Spoilers is. Real Spoilers is a uh, podcast, well, duh, and we talk about movies every oh, week. Th- we're not filming this? Yeah. No, oh, we're not. I thought I was going to make it big. We have a YouTube yeah. channel. And so uh, every week we take a new mo- uh, typically a new release. And we spoil it for you. Basically, it's kind of like a book club for movies. It's an in-depth conversation about that week's movie. Mm-hmm. And we discuss it in a spoiler-rich environment. So you should listen if you either uh, have already seen the movie and you just want to hear a conversation about it and see if other people feel the same way you do. And hopefully we say something funny along the way. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Uh, we, and uh, occasionally we do. 
Yeah, or it's about happened. one for ninety. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but uh, or if you're a person that just doesn't really care about that particular movies, or if spoilers just aren't an issue for you, then that's right. what we do. We do it week in, week out. We've been doing it for uh, two and a half, three years. Yeah. So, uh, so and occasionally when it's light week at the box office and there really isn't anything all that interesting, we do what we do a two minute episode on some piece of yeah, crap right. holiday we movie. Do, <laughs> we do a, we'll do a, a real spoilers rewind. So we did one on like Night of the Living Dead. We did Sixth one on Sense. the Sixth Sense, and so we we spike those in from time to time. So. This would be a real spoilers rerun in which we will tackle the film Head. That's right. This nope. week, real spoilers. <laughs> yes. Talks not, about Head. Nope. I'm not nope. going to make that joke. Yep. Nope. It's too easy. It is too easy. It's too easy. Yeah. You don't want. You don't like. You don't have to go for the layup every time. No. Yeah. And plus, you know, I mean, you catch know, and release. Like, like, we're, we're, we're at a guest house. <laughs> we don't know. We right. don't, we don't yeah. know what your threshold yeah. is. I, mean, you know, for, I don't want to go there. <laughs> right. So we'll. Do our best to keep it <laughs> clean. So we will. Uh, Joe, so we're talking to you, Joe. Everybody looked like at one I just side. put my head down. Like I was. You should. Like, I know. You like, should feel great shame. Like when your parents find out that you did something really like crappy at school and you hope to avoid it at all costs. Yes. And then they I get look that, down. They, they don't get, can't they, see me. They get that phone call from your teacher and you hear your name bellowed. I mean, I'm just speaking from my personal experience uh, from downstairs, and you're just like. Joe. Oh, I'm in trouble. Joseph. I'm in trouble. So before we go any further, we should probably go around the room and people can introduce themselves. Hi, this is Dan. I'm Joe. I'm Kevin. And I am Tom. Uh, this is also the part of the show where I do shameless plugs. I'll make it quick uh, in case you don't make it to the end. Because <laughs> if you don't make it to the end, it's pointless for me to plug it. But uh, if you like what you hear, Real Spoilers exists in other places. Uh, RealSpoilers.com. We're on iTunes. You can go there and rate and review and subscribe and all that fancy stuff. All the same stuff that Ken begs for every week. We're begging for it for us. So uh, so there you go. So um, uh, if you want to follow, follow us on uh, Twitter, at Real Spoilers, real with two E's, uh, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. There. Meh. There. Wow. We got it. Got it. So now we will dig in uh, to the movie Head, which is a really weird movie. Uh, and, yeah. And if you'll that's be, what you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, no, you, you got, you, Dan had seen it. Oh, already. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but Joe and Kevin had Correct. not. So it was, it was. So a, should we preface this by saying there is an age gap? Like, does that, do you think that matters <laughs> yeah, when it comes to this movie? Fair. Yeah, that's probably fair. Okay, so I, Kevin, you are 28. I'm 33. I'm, 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 we'll go chronologically. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, this is Tom, I'm 45. This is Dan, I'm 48. Okay. Right. So there's, so Kevin and I, the monkeys were out of pop culture. Well, I, that's not fair to say. We didn't grow well, up in the we, 90s with the monkeys. Dan and I grew up with the, like, the <laughs> yes. monkeys in the 70s. So, yeah. There, w- monkeys fans talk about which generation of monkey fan you are. Like, are you first generation? And they normally tend to consider, the 80s is the second generation because MTV grabbed the monkeys. Yeah, and, they and, did? And, yeah, yes. And, oh, yeah. MTV that's why I'm huge. saying we did not grab oh, that's, we that's, what ca- that's what no. caused them. There was a major monkeys resurgence in the 80s. I had no idea. When MTV grabbed them. And it, I think it was a bar bet. I think they were like, we. <laughs> I think MTV was so huge at that point, they just collectively walked into a bar and said, we can make anybody famous. <laughs> yep. And monkeys? Sure thing. Let's do it. We'll do it. <laughs> and so they, they started running these monkeys marathons. And then the monkeys were just huge. I I remember seeing the monkey. I had, I had been a monkeys fan since like the early seventies when they were running in syndication on local television, and it was yeah. one of those things that you would normally only get in the summer because there's only I think oh, I should know this that I'm sure there's two? there's two seasons, but I think it's like fifty eight episodes, yeah, something okay. like that. So, um, so they would run it in the summertime, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? You are absolutely the only yeah. reason I know you're right is because so here in St. Louis, there's a local. There used to be a local like public TV called uh, Channel Twenty Four is what it was, right? And they would play 
So they would not. The only reason I know this is they would play Super Friends, right? And then the monkeys would follow it. Okay, right. and that's how I was introduced right. to the monkeys. Yeah. So, um, so it. But back then, the magic number for syndication was a hundred episodes. They didn't come close. But they would run it in the summer because kids were out of school, yeah. and it would last about three months. They'd cycle through them all, and they'd be done. So, like that's where I kind of discovered. It's the kind mon- of brilliant, and it's, it played yeah. well because yeah. it was fairly. Uh, Timeless as far as the plots Yeah were, totally you know I yeah mean, There was some confusion sometimes uh, Like you're looking at the like clothing Styles or hairstyles sure you know? and I and This is somebody who like I caught Biddy Hill I never knew that I was watching reruns Of Biddy Hill and I just thought the people in uh, uh, Britain were <laughs> way Behind yeah just, uh, that's <laughs> On their fashion because I'm like and they're, those, fl- and they're fluoride I was <laughs> like what are they what's up with the colors Right but, yeah, you know, yeah. But, so um so in the 80s, they grabbed the monkeys, and, and, and MTV did, and they were huge. And like I remember, so the monkeys on their first tour, it was the it was the monkeys, uh, and then Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, and Herman's Herman's. It was sponsored by Chunky, the candy. <laughs> oh, I was like, not just is- not just like a fat kid. <laughs> no, 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 right? Um, oh, old Chunkster sponsored this. Yeah, <laughs> where to go, Chunky? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was an oldies package. It played Powell Symphony Hall, which interesting. Even if you don't live in St. Louis, you can probably pick up on what that is because it has symphony in the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra plays. We're from St. Louis. We're doing this in St. Louis. And right. Just bring people now, this is the, the post-MTV. Well, what room, happened was before they that? booked that show, right? And then in between the time they booked that show and it went on sale, MTV got a hold of the monkeys. So poor Powell Symphony oh, Hall man. thought that they were getting an oldies package. And instead, they got kind of new kids on the block because... <laughs> Like it was such a strange comparison, but was, I'm with but, you. But it was like screaming kids, yeah, like yeah. that were like freaking out for the monkeys, yeah. and it sold out in like eight minutes. And, wow! And I had tickets. I was sitting in the eighth row on the aisle, and because I ran out and bought my tickets, you sure, know, like sure. I was day, day one. You know, I'm, like, I'm you, going. Did you buy your tickets pre MT, like pre announcement, or? Like so, they announced. So how would I is, hub, uh, yeah, so How would I buy a show? Before no, what I'm announced. saying is like they uh, pre, so they pre, announced the pre MTV. Yeah, right. So oh. were, you, were you going before they got picked up by MTV? There was or? not a thing in the world that would have stopped me from going to that show. Oh, yeah. With you. Like okay. I mean, I was the guy that was scouring garage sales looking for old monkeys. LPs because this was now now who was coming now, this wasn't Boyce and Hart and Jones and no that was Dolan's. in the 70s so like in the okay. in the this in was, like around 76 they did a small US tour that actually played St. Louis it played yeah. out at Six Flags they actually reference it in the liner notes of their live album that they put out that they had been booked to play Japan because the monkeys had hit Japan and it was huge and Peter was uh, indisposed he said delicately uh-huh. and Mike wanted no part of it because no. he's Mike and so uh, so Davey and Mickey teamed up with Boyce and Hart, and and it was called it was called Dolan's Jones Boyce and Hart, the guys who wrote them and the guys who sung them. And okay, and Which so is fair, yeah. And so they did because Boyce and Hart wrote a, like Last Train to Clarksville, and uh, well, I'm blanking, but like, um, but uh, with Stepping Stone, Valerie, they wrote a lot of the big yeah. ones. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, so they played in at the Six Flags. It, um, the, the, old ba- glory. the old glory amphitheater <laughs> just as a as a um, uh, as just as a warm up for the Japan dates and and shut down the highway like that's how are you serious crowded it was it they held the record for park attendance until new kids on the block played there like in 80 
84 or 85 whenever they got New there. New Kids on the Block played Six Flags? Yes, yeah. and it, it was kind of similar in that they booked them, and then they blew up, and they were like, well, we're not going to get in it. And it, again, shut down the highway. Everybody was trying to get in. Man, so, that's crazy. So, But anyway, so Generation 2 is considered the people that discovered them on MTV, where yeah. Dan and I, I guess, are Generation 1 and a half. We kind of fall in between. I'm with you. So like when the monkeys got big on MTV, I was like, well, maybe now people can stop making fun of me. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw Monkeys cassettes in the store, like, the only albums I have ever managed to find at garage sales were Monkeys, More of the Monkeys, and Headquarters, which was their first three. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they were still doing well, but the sales started to decline, so you didn't find them. You didn't come across them at garage sales as right. frequently. Used record stores really weren't that much in my peripheral at that, you know, at that yeah. You know, when I was were nine, they a thing? were they a thing? When you I, I guess they had to have they, been, but I really didn't col- discover them until I was a teenager. They were a collector's band, right? Um, they were. I mean, and they were hard, especially like when they became a three-piece, uh, minus Peter. Peter. Peter leaves. Like it was first. hard to like. They still uh, they output put, music. They but put out was, two records without yeah. Peter, and it was and hard then, to find them. And ironically, well, because the Doors did the same thing. They put right. out two records without Jim Morrison and. They're not bad, but it was like there's no eh, Jim it's not really the right. same. Yeah, <laughs> so so I I remember when they had the cassettes in the store, borrowing money off a friend because I thought I'll never see these again. Right. Which now see. seems silly, but I thought I'll never. Isn't see that these weird? Again. Isn't that yeah. like we I talk we talk on our podcast sometimes about digital media, right? But like just the idea they that like find you stuff. go into a record store in 1987 and you're like it's right here. I'm I never gonna I'm never gonna see this again. I'm, I better get it now. It Somebody needs to loan me money. 2015, and, where I was like, uh, I have Apple Music, so it's right there. That right. is crazy yeah. because I remember we we've talked in previous and, episodes about out of print DVDs. Right. Like, okay, I want to watch a movie and I cannot find it. This day and age, not being able to find it's something. It's so rare. It, it just, we're now, not used that to being it. said, the Monkees have put out so many different versions yes. of like albums with different remixes and stuff that a lot of the stuff you buy through iTunes yeah. is mislabeled. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. for instance, if you buy the soundtrack to the movie Head, the I, the version I, that they have of Circle Sky isn't the one that's really on the soundtrack. They have a, I think they have a different one. Mm-hmm. Oh. But um, uh, so you you do run into that because there's so many they've 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 cold the vaults so thoroughly on this band that sometimes when people are when the people at iTunes are just like whatever, yep, that's the name of the song, and they end up putting up some weird like radio edit yeah. or something, yeah you know? yeah. So um uh. But yeah, so, you know, it's funny when talking about how weird it is to see movies actually segueing into the movie proper. The first time I saw this movie was like at an art house uh, in town, a theater called the Tivoli. Mm-hmm. And it was a double bill. It was Hard Day's Night and and Head. And like, I remember seeing the ad in the paper. This would have been like 85 or 86. No, 86 or 87, because the monkeys had, had had a revival at mm-hmm. this point. So, um, but it it wasn't at the time available on VHS. Mm-mm. And okay. like, so when I saw that I finally had a way to see it, like I, like I didn't know that I'd ever get another chance to see it. Right. You were happier than a pig in poop. Yes. And so, and it's just, I kind of missed that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I, I love I the fact that it's on my bookshelf and I can watch it whenever I want. But I also love yeah. that feeling of like, I have to make this an event. I have to go do this because when will I get to do it again? It's, it's right. uh, that excitement. Well, it's like a comic nerd. Like yeah. you, you have your you have your holy grail list, and when you have it, you're like, I've got it, right? And then yeah. you have it. It's like, well, and then it goes in a box, and, and you never, touch never it again. seen it again. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, uh, so the movie itself, uh, this some background, the film. Uh, came out in, in 1969, and it, they filmed it over the course of 68. And it was um, this they, is in between seasons too, right? Uh, it was they were filming it. I think 
I think they had finished filming the second season. I okay. think the show ends up getting canceled while they're filming it. If memory okay. serves, the the, mon- the monkeys going into season three. What they wanted to do was get away from the show that you're used to seeing, and they actually wanted to turn it into a variety show, mm-hmm. so they could kind of play music, play music, and bring in people <laughs> that they liked. Yeah. And you know, because you see that towards the end of season two, mm-hmm. then bringing you see Frank Zappa pop up, and you know, yeah. like so they yeah. wanted to use it to kind of expose America to people that they liked mm-hmm. because. You know they were they were cast in the show and they were chafing at the idea and the notion that they weren't a real thing, which is that really, was a thing though, right? Like people were just kind of like they're just they're they're put together be, by a studio, yeah, like correct? Not, they, they were they I mean they were lumped into this whole prefab four thing. They were also right. lumped into like this pseudo rivalry with the Beatles, which never happened, which wasn't a real thing, was not a thing at all, especially yeah. between huh. them. Yeah, the Beatles all. liked the Monkeys; they yeah. thought they were funny. And I'm sure it helped that they never really saw them as a threat. Sure, well, no, I mean, nobody was really a threat. Not no, to the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the Monkees didn't have rec- didn't have hits or sure. sell right. or move product, but but they weren't the Beatles. It's the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, like, it just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. You know, but you had two actual, real, uh, uh, genuinely talented musicians in the Monkees, right? Right. Uh, who wrote their own uh, music, and then you had two really good vocalists. Yeah, one who you know, especially Mickey, who was. I mean. They, I mean, boy, do they get lucky with that dude? Yeah. I mean, he's arguably the, the most underrated vocalist of his generation. He, he does pretty much all the heavy lifting on their vocals. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I funny. know Davey does like a couple. You know, it's, I've always found it interesting because people perceive Davey as like the face the of guy. the group. Yeah. But if you go down the list of their biggest hits, so Stepping Stone, Mickey. I'm a believer. Mickey, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Mickey, Clarksville. Mickey, like the biggest hits. Interesting are sung by Mickey, and and so like I was I, Davy Jones like just the biggest like dreamboat. I mean, is that yeah? Why? He was yeah, the he one was, that all the was, girls okay. were crushing yeah. on, and he certainly sang on hits. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but but if you if you look at their absolute biggest hits, I mean, really, his biggest hit is Daydream Believer, which I mean is just a perfect piece of pop music yeah and and perfectly matches his voice mm-hmm. no one else in that band could have sang that song and i don't know that anyone else in pop music could have sang that song including the writer and <laughs> ha- yeah totally if you hear it's the original real, version it's, it's like it's uh, it sounds m- off brutal mm-hmm. yeah um and so you know so it was just this perfect marriage so so they had been selected the cast in this show and um and then it kind of came out that they weren't playing on those first few the first two records because if you think about it how could they right they were making a show they were doing appearances they were do- like there's all this stuff going on and you want them to record albums two albums yeah. like that's a lot yeah and especially- but the band was put together for the show correct yes. so oh. So they ran an ad. But this is not like a Millie Vanilli thing. Like the voices are the right. They the, were singing. Yeah, like they were. You really heard them singing. It's just so you don't get many Millie Vanilli references anymore. Right. But yeah. But yeah. they weren't <laughs> actually, for the most part, playing. I think like right. Peter played bass on one track. They but I got you. They weren't a band but, yeah. that got a show. They were put together. Correct. For right. They show. were assembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but they. Like there was the voice of 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 dissent pretty early on in yeah. Mike. Yeah, Mike and Peter because they were they were brought in with the notion with the 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 idea that they would be performing on these records. And oh. They were showing up to the studio and they were like, like "Not no, today, man. not today, kid." We got a <laughs> Clarksville and yeah. Daydream Believer. Sorry. Oh, you want to play <laughs> a song? That's adorable. But they did end up giving them like one or two songs. Yeah, like like, like token. Yeah, like songs. Mike's got a song that he wrote on the first record, and you know, which was kind of to appease him. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and I think Peter like plays bass on it. I'm not as good with like the deep like yeah. who played on what. Like um, you know, you're not, better. Than but that, you can tell yeah. because it's like wow that. That sounds a lot different, right? And so, <laughs> so by the so their second album, More of the Monkeys, comes out. I've been probably feel I'm afraid I'm boring the Zilch listeners because there's Sorry, stuff guys. that they know. You guys know. But yeah, I got to bring <laughs> you guys up to speed. So this is so, like me doing a comic podcast. Yeah. So the so the so the second album comes out. It's called More of the Monkeys, and it was released. And they hadn't even told the monkeys it had come out. The fir- the way that they discovered that this album is released is when somebody handed it to them to autograph. And it was <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. picture be like, what? That's yeah. an eye opener. And Mike was that. like, the hell? And and then the other other thing that really upset them is the picture that they use on the cover was a photo shoot that they had done for a line of monkeys clothing that was going to be sold at jc penny so it was like the biggest like hoard out like yeah. here we are in all our jc penny like clothes and like yeah they were just like they were like irate and so that caused a revolt and then they basically threw out don kirshner who was the music director of the project they put out then they recorded an album where they actually played everything called headquarters which is i think their second i personally i think pisces aquarius capricorn and jones is is an overall better record but Man, I love but, I love watching you nerd out. It's I know, awesome. But, it's but, so uh, awesome. But, but headquarters, but headquarters yeah. is amazing, and and it and, and there is just this giddy sense of joy of like them just doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just and, like kind of, it's, it's weird. Like I don't want to call it punk, but like just that punk rock what? idea. I will call it punk that. because the monkeys are the are what you know for all all the crap they take for being like oh they don't play their own instruments and blah. Like these guys had the world on a silver platter. They had a huge hit TV show. It won an Emmy. They were selling tons of records. They were playing concerts, and they was getting paid. Yeah. They were making yeah. some serious jack, and they stood up and said. This is a load of BS. We I need mean, to play our own stuff. That's and punk. We don't care if it means we sell fewer records. We don't care if it means we make less money. Right. We want we want to have some integrity and some authenticity, and we want to make something real. And and so that and so as a monkeys that fan, is punk, yeah. that's where I get frustrated when they're yeah. like they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I was like, you know yeah. what? What other band has been in that position and and ever and ever said, I don't want the check. I want to do it the right way. Any band worth their salt. Especially in the Hall of Fame is a band that started out as a cover band, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. You, it's just what you. That's did. how you yeah. start. Yeah, so. you don't. You don't come out with Enter Sandman. No, no, you come out with the, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know, Black Sabbath. The bird. You, right. you come out with some Diamond Garage Head. Days Revisited. Why yeah. did you need to put that exactly. out? Like, it was, exactly. That was the stuff they grew up playing. Yeah. The so, birds. The, the birds are a great example. Birds came out. They were a Beatles cover band, right? And really, some of their greatest hits. I mean, the birds are an amazing band, but some of their greatest hits are actually covers of Dylan songs. And yeah, interesting. And, so, and the ultimate irony is, in the birds who are considered phenomenal, they weren't allowed to play on their records either. And you no. know who they use the same damn studio musicians <laughs> yes. that the monkeys use. Yes. Like they, use, they, yeah. it's, it's, they were called the Wrecking Crew. There's a great yeah, documentary about it on Netflix. Yeah. And like that, they use the same people so to why? play on their why records. The, why the split? And oh, well, it's because it was it was so public. Yeah, and, it and they out. had this TV show, and there was just mm-hmm. this pushback from the music industry that they felt like they didn't do it the right way, like they didn't go out in clubs, and they just had it handed to them, and you know, and they didn't have it handed to them. Did they get a head start? They absolutely got a head start. Yeah. You know who else got a head start? The New Monkeys. How'd that work out? Yeah, you know, and so and 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 I actually like. I'm not a fan of the show, but I think the music was great. Um, great, maybe too strong of a word, but I thought the I thought that new monk the new monkeys album 
was a really solid piece of late 80s pop rock like it yeah. was it, i see it was re- for for the time period it came out for what it was trying to do for what it was going up against i thought it was really good um but it got nowhere well, so anybody who's been on the mickey mouse club has had a head yeah start. so there's <laughs> all sorts of people so there are all sorts of people who got a head start and capitalize on it there are all sorts of people who got a head start and it went nowhere and right. so you gotta have the goods right. to back it up. so right. the movie head is is created in this environment to where season two's wrapping up. They're really chafing at this notion of what they're supposed to be. They all want to do something radically different. And so and meanwhile the guys who created the show, Bob Rafelson and Bert Schneider, they want to go make movies. And so they so they see the monkeys as their launching pad but I think, yeah. <laughs> but I think the problem that they have is that they didn't want to be tethered to the monkeys, right? right. So, so I, you know, I was, they Andy, wanted to Andy make Warhol? some sort of yeah, they wanted to make some art house film, right? But they also they wanted to get some distribution, right? <laughs> and so <some> funding, <laughs> so they so they make this monkeys movie, and it's probably the greatest single act of career suicide <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, like, good, I'm so glad you like, said that. It, like intentional. Now, now. That being said, I think that this, for what it's attempting to do, is a good movie. But mm-hmm. it, they really ended up making like a like a French New Wave art house movie. I would completely yeah. agree that with the that. monkeys happen to be in, and that really takes the the whole surreal nature of this film up a notch. <laughs> I right. thought it, like as I'm watching it, and I was like, I feel like if Dario Argento. Had <laughs> gone like a little bit less hardcore horror and a yeah. little more like this way. This would be an Argento movie, right? So, so from the colors, well, it's and like Jodorowsky. Every- it's like uh, El Topo or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like what? <laughs> yeah, what am so, I watching? So let's get into the movie proper. Yeah. So we open with this weird bridge opening scene where if you had just wandered in, you wouldn't even know you were at a monkeys movie. Yeah, that's like, true. Like they go on for a while. It was like it, the the gag, the, mic- the microphone gag. Yeah, the yeah. microphone gag was like something out of like a. Like uh, it's a very like an Animal House yeah. or Blues Brothers, kind right? Of, like a John uh, John Landis kind of gag. It's a very of the moment movie too, because of the the styling and the way it's shot. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's just you know, you can tell it's like you know, there's so, sometimes you see movies that are timeless. This one's like, well, this wow, yeah, this wow. is not a timeless movie. <laughs> no. It's not, but I think that's ultimately to its benefit. It, it is it's, so. Yeah, it's very of its time. Yes. I think if they tried, you can't do a timeless version of this. And if you did, I it just I uh, I don't know yeah. what time this movie belongs in. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly the '60s, right? Yeah, like, it's clearly. It, well, it's like, like clearly I, I, yeah. The I mean, I've 60s. seen a fair a fair amount of films from the '60s, and it's like they have like that kind of trippy sing song kind of like you well, know monic- it's, you know it's and got like that the weird, kaleidoscope kind yes. of yeah. well that and it's got that sort of documentary yeah, feel yeah, especially yeah. that opening scene where yes. it's just it feels it's yeah very uh, cinema verite yes. yeah. as, the, as the art <laughs> film crowd would say so you see him trying to do this opening ribbon ceremony for a bridge it just goes on and on and then at some point uh, the monkeys led by Mickey, Mickey. they yeah. just burst onto the screen and like they're running a marathon just sprinting and they run to the edge of this bridge and they stand there and then mickey <laughs> jumps, off, jumps into the jumps water yeah. yeah so much for that uh, national guard they had there with their rifles right <laughs> yeah so you've got the mayor or whatever politician that is doing this and you see four random people running th- yeah. through the middle of it and there's a bunch of armed guys there <laughs> hey, oh, hey, technically it's a bridge that, opening it's yeah. not kent state <laughs> i'm just yeah. i'm just saying <laughs> like what? just 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 fyi that is a drill team 
because I was in a drill team oh. in high school, and that those you just that's just like for show. It's there was that. There was also that weird sound effect where like it was like every every gar every person in the drill team was like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we would, yeah, and then there was like we would do ding. that. We had the chrome domes yeah. and we spun uh, the uh, rifles yeah. and did the, the, the whole thing. But they were and just because I don't know the time period, whatever. Is there any significance that almost everyone was African American? I. You mean I, everybody in the drill team? Yeah, yes. I don't know. Oh, at almost the, at every the bridge scene, I never every, noticed. They you went know, down the line. No, you're right. To every single one, and Possibly. I just know. And I'm just like, is that a telling of the you time? Know, I don't know. You what know that what meant. I think that might have been? There's a scene later in the movie where they come across a, a drill team, and I would I would refer to it today as a step team. Uh, and and my theory is it might have just been a budget thing. They might have filmed those scenes in roughly the same time, ah. and they just were like, we need you for three days, and like yeah. we are, they already had them in their uniforms and their guns, yeah. and they just lined them up, mm-hmm. but they needed them for this kind of step scene that they yeah. do later. Well, that's what a drill team does. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There so, it is. So that's what yeah, they do. So okay. that, that's my theory, but yeah. I, I do not know they, that. So. I, mean, they, I mean, it's yeah. most likely a, a military school, and yeah. That's what they do. So Mickey jumps in the water, and we get our and uh, we get this weird uh, man called solarization effects. Which this is, is the, this is the point where I was like, "What is he making me watch?" That was yeah. a long yeah. fall. <laughs> yeah, that was a long fall. I'm like, he does yeah. good but, form on that. That was like a double. <laughs> a couple somersault. times you're like, "Oh, that's no man, it could." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you mean when he hits, also, the, you mean when he hits yeah, the water? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cut him a little slack. I, like, know, I know, I know. But and you get the the first song in the movie, which is Porpoise Song, which is an an amazing song. I don't know what your guys thought. On that, it, I, I had no problem with the music. Yeah, the music oh, yeah. was fun. Music, uh, I had a yeah. blast with the music. Co-written by Carol King. Yeah, oh really? Often and King. Yeah, and so that they were a writing team for a long time, and they wrote some of the monkey. They wrote Pleasant Valley Sunday for the monkeys. They wrote Star Collector, Take a Giant Step, Sweet Young Thing. Yeah, um, and then other songs that this team had written for other performers they wrote up on the roof uh, i'm into something good for herman's hermits uh you make me feel like a natural woman yeah. um they didn't write oh, that song you. joe you just make me feel that way yeah. i'm so happy i could yeah. do that yeah yeah, yeah. And, but yet it's my nobody's animal calling out the, right. nobody called out the herman's hermits right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. herman's hermits for for doing yeah the, the same, same thing, thing. <laughs> or the beach boys if you want love and mercy they were using the same that's the wrecking crew it's the same yeah, musicians yeah, 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 yeah. that 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 the that the monkeys yeah. use the exact same yeah, everyone, why, like do you just, think that's because of the tv like do you so the like the beach boys didn't have a tv show herman's herberts didn't have a tv show the birds didn't have a tv show right uh, but, like do you think it's because, because they, were they showed so, them on tv Plain, right? That's but what you I'm would saying. see the Beach Boys would make it, but the Beach Boys could go out and do it live. Yeah, right? The Monkees would would yeah. go out and do it live, yeah. but eventually. Was, yeah. But at that point, they had not. So, but anyway, back to Golf yeah, the yeah, King. Yeah. They also wrote "Take Good Care of My Baby." Will you love me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Some kind of wonderful. So yeah. they kind of wow. they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, I think no they've got they've got a they've got a niche. Yeah. So, um, uh, and this song was used in Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Mm-hmm. By Cameron Crowe. That's Crow. a weird movie. Yeah, and uh, and it was also used, uh, I think, in the towards the end of Mad Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. Yes, it was. When Don was kind of having one of his final breakdowns, yeah. like what is going on with my life? They yeah. they play and, and this is they play the poor song. Is it? You know, this is a good song to point to as um, anybody who kind of just only saw the monkeys as bubblegum. Right. This they got some heart to is it. Is not. Yeah. No. You and know. this song is covered all the time by a, a polyphonic spree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. It's they, very psychedelic. In fact, I believe there's a version on YouTube uh, where the monkeys went to England 
like last summer, Mickey and Peter, that version of the monkeys, went to England, and I believe somewhere on YouTube there's a version of Mickey singing this song with the polyphonic spray. That's, oh, that's cool. kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so from so he gets rescued by mermaids <laughs> because why not? <laughs> yeah. Sure, right? I mean, we're here. Sure, yeah. like, you know, and uh, that's probably Jack Nicholson's contribution. Yeah, because Jack Nicholson was involved in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he yeah. he was a, a writer. He's credited. He's in it. I didn't. Him and Dennis Hopper pop up yeah. briefly. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to right. that. So, um, so we get this scene with them kissing, which is funny because, like, I was watching this movie uh, with my nine-year-old stepdaughter. She's happened to be in the room, <laughs> okay. and uh, and it's funny because she likes the monkeys. Like, well, I'll watch episodes with her sometimes, and she actually likes the monkeys. Yeah, and um, and it, it, this shows you exactly what they were going for and the effect that it must have had for the <laughs> seven people that saw this movie in real time. Uh, like when they get to the kissing th- scene, she was just. Visibly disgusted <laughs> at this scene of watching them actually like, and because they're kissing for real, it's right. not like it's not like a TV show kiss it's, where it's like it was like right. they were like, like they are yeah. kissing, and, and it's the one woman. Yeah, it's one. Which is the other thing? I was like, I believe she was Jack Nicholson's girlfriend. It's at kind the time. of w- w- she's credited in I the mean, so she's in the credits as Lady Pleasure. Oh, yes. it's just odd me. to see. Are you yes. talking about it's, this? Is, this is when he like when we go to the, like back to the real world. Back or to the, yeah, back to the monkeys' quote pad, unquote real world, and that's their actual apartment from the show. They just took down some of the crazy nice. signs, but it's the same place, the same set, and um, which I think makes it more disconcerting yeah. because like when you see them in a setting that you're used to from the show, it's it's saying that like these are the same guys. You know what I mean? And they're all making out with this chick. And they're all making out with the same chick. Like it's like, whew, yeah. I th- I don't think last train to Clarksville means what I thought it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which uh, would have been Davy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it's it's a, but it is it's also a funny scene because she goes from guy to guy, and then she gets to Davy, and like the windows part, and the scene, and the, the, right. the light of the Lord shines down upon them, and then. <laughs> And then uh, was it Mike, who's just like any man? So who wins? Right, got to yeah. know. Right. Did I make you? Huh? 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 Yeah, huh? Did I? Huh? yeah. And she's like, oh, it's equal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Like no, it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, so then we could probably get uh, we go into uh, Diddy Diego War Chant, which okay. is the song that kind of it's it kind of sums up what the whole movie is going to be about because they talk about. Oh, uh, you know, hey, hey, where are the monkeys? You know, we love to please a manufactured image with no philosophies. I do not have this written down. I'm, is, no, I know you don't. Sad. <laughs> uh, uh, but they, 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 they spell it all off for you. We hope you like our story, although there isn't one. That is to say, there's many. And that's why there is more fun. But it may come three, two, one, two, or jump from nine to five. Like it's telling you, like, yeah, this it's is laying, gonna, it's laying everything out. It's going to be a jumbled mess, and it's on purpose. And if you don't like it, you should leave now, which is what most people did. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, this is definitely a deconstructed version of yeah. what people thought they. Were seeing right, and and what's really I think fascinating and doesn't really get enough play is that um, this movie initially was released for general audiences, and then later they put a a, a stamp on it of like on the re-release of like not suitable for all audiences yeah. or something like that. But yeah. it was it was officially rated G originally, and um, when that was when that was somebody get shot in the head, and it's a. GD snuff film, <laughs> like yeah. you see a guy get shot That's in true. the head. That's like a good point. Not, not even pretend. <laughs> like you, this might be the only G-rated film in which you actually see brain matter and honest to god <laughs> death. Yeah, like they kill an mf'er yeah. on screen. <laughs> yes, like and, I'm and, sure kids were like. 
Well, you know, my theory is because I, w- I was watching with my wife, and she's like, "How does like even now nobody really talks about this scene? Or when they talk about, it, they say that it's in there, but nobody even references the fact like this was ostensibly a kids' film, and you see a dude die, right? And, and uh, for and, real, for and I think <laughs> it's because it's such a famous clip. Yes. You know that people just they did it didn't even News. register them for oh, them I what see. they yeah. were putting in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so it just kind of goes right past you because it's like that's I you've seen it so many times. You've seen it so many times you're right. you're, you're numb to it, yeah. you know? So so uh so we get the little like I don't know overture, our thesis statement of uh, yeah. what this movie's going to be. So I I need to preface this. So I did watch this and <laughs> but I was watching it while I was at work. So like there are pieces I don't remember at all because I just it's, had it, I had it on the background. Well, I'm gonna go on a kind of movie and say yeah. you're probably not the first person to watch this movie that didn't <laughs> yeah. remember parts of it. Well, I <laughs> just yours was work related. Yeah, I need right, to preface right. this by saying I watch this movie at home and I have no idea what was going on and will not remember parts. Yeah. So did this, get, did this you're really not get a Criterion edition? Yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I watched. That's yeah, not, I mean yeah. that's yeah. I I'm shocked. And you know they they they've come out with some some weird choices. And then when I saw it's, that, when I saw that their logo on it, I was like, like, that's a joke, right? What? Like no. that's somebody just been granted chasing Amy got a criterion yeah. edition. So no, well, it's, criterion. It's, it's been, um, I think it, it, it sort of has a revisionist history now. Sure. They do a that's lot of, true. they do a lot yeah. of things in the movie and the, the filmmakers went on to be, Incredibly important to the history of cinema, yeah. like the next movie, an independent cinema. The I guess that makes after sense. This is was. Easy Rider. Yeah, then I guess so that that's kind why of important. Got picked up. That monkey's yep. money helped out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and so, and and they do stuff in this movie that that you see other that you see in their other movies. For for example, the foxhole scene, right? That, that this goes into where they send Peter out for ammo, and uh, and it's the whole thing about don't wear your helmet. I don't need a helmet, and then. Uh, and then is it Mickey? I think ends up wearing a football helmet yes. <laughs> instead of an actual helmet. Right, yeah. Can we think of anybody else in cinema who wore a football helmet instead of the appropriate helmet for the activity that they were participating in? Like that's an easy rider. That's what they. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, he wear, like, instead yeah. of wearing a motorcycle helmet, He's he wears a football, football helmet. Yeah, that's like true, yeah. Nicholson. Yeah, is the like one wearing the the football helmet. Oh, yeah. really? Yes. Yeah. So like they, you so you see like this kind of these things that they're kind of already working out in their head. Interesting. And, Isn't this doesn't it? Are we talking about? Isn't there a football player that tackles someone yes. out of nowhere? Yeah, like yeah. they're and on the, the battlefield, and yeah. then and he's an actual player for the Green Bay Packers. It's like Ray Nitschy yeah. or okay. something like that. Sports. I only know. It. <laughs> yeah. I only know it because it involves the monkeys. But. <laughs> so they're on the battlefield, and this football player sure. yeah. tackles them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that I was watching this. Yeah. I mean, it I'm, is. <laughs> you know, you can watch this as straight as can be. Yeah. It still Doesn't feels like maybe it's kind of de- some cold medicine. It's kind of also trying to deconstruct the show because you see a lot of things that like could work on the show. Yes. When I was wondering that, plot points. and I was wondering because I'm like, did they use some footage from the show? Because yeah. to me, it felt like they were almost referencing things you might have seen. Right. Or- and, well, and they use a lot of actors, like character actors, mm-hmm. like the Sheik that you see later played a sheik on the show like you see okay. a lot of the same actors because they're kind of trying to deconstruct that universe yeah. and and it's it's really maybe one of the first mainstream if it had been a hit mainstream but yeah. because of the inclusion of the monkeys i think that makes it mainstream like examples of of meta 
mm-hmm. in cinema. Like yeah. they're, they're very much this whole movie is essentially it's what what's what makes the movie works. It it's what makes the movie work, but it's also what makes the movie inaccessible for guys like you. Right. And, I see. And that yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very large end joke about the monkeys, and yeah. so the people that listen to Zilch. Like it's them. Like it's, they're gonna, it, it they're is. gonna love it, or at least understand it in a way that you can't, because like they're really making a lot of jokes mm-hmm. at the monkeys' expense about the monkeys and about yeah. and about the backstory of the monkeys. Like it's not even jokes about the show; it's no. jokes about the fact that they don't play their own instruments, that they aren't who you think they are, that right. you, they've been told to be one thing and they really want to be another. That's actually pretty. Like, like I got that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I, I I always dig it when. Uh, Acts or bands or actors or any anybody in yeah. entertainment doesn't take themselves so seriously, right. you know. Like I, I, it's a dumb reference, but I feel like Bruce Willis is an actor yeah. who takes himself so gosh darn seriously right. that he did like so when you he doesn't make you know he he is John McClane like in his mind right. he is that character yeah. so like I appreciate it when like John Hamm shows up on SNL right yeah auditioning to be it was, Han Solo it's funny you say that though because you know? I kind of feel like th- this is that but it also kind of isn't because I think part of the reason that they did this wasn't so they could not take themselves seriously, but the goal so was people would take them seriously. So people would take them more <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Well, they were trying to be like, we're not. And I, and this. I think, like, right. I mean, this movie definitely uh, kind of is jarring for anybody who only watched the show. Is like Peter in this movie? I think is the. I mean, I think he's sort of the the catalyst of the movie. Sure, and he. I mean, flat out says. I mean, he's the furthest away from the character he played on The Monkey. Yeah, because he's probably the only guy on the show who didn't end up playing a version of himself. Peter Tork is not not dumb or naive or stupid. He's none of those things. And, And, I mean, I've, you know, like, not to be a name drop, but I've met Peter Tork... Many times, mm-hmm. um, and 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 have had the luxury of having very long conversations with him. There is nothing stupid about that man. That's very right. and yeah, and uh, and he's like the the only guy who did who really like had to play someone that's the exact opposite of who he was. And so that's I think that's always kind of bugged him. And I think it took him a I long time that. to come I to terms with that. that makes sense. Especially when you know pe- they try to portray you. As, and I never saw Peter as the dumb one. I saw him as naive and trusting. He's yeah, and so people the Joey Fatone of the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and people yeah. would, and so people on within the show context would exploit that aspect of his personality. Yeah, but like he, but I never saw him as dumb. Yeah, if that makes any sense. But so, but yeah. so after the foxhole scene, we get uh, what. Boy, I go back and forth, but this might be my favorite monkey song, uh, in Circle Sky, mm-hmm. and it's and. And this is not the version that's on the official soundtrack. You get a studio version on the official soundtrack, which is not as good. And this live, and this is the live version. Yeah, this is actually them playing it, mm-hmm. and like they are just tearing it up on Circle Sky. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And it's just it's, it's loud, it's raw. It, yeah, it's just it's it, there's a, there's a scene, there's a clip where uh, they they cut to Peter, and I just I it's funny because it's like he's uh he's sitting there and he's he's playing his guitar. I guess it's bass. I'm not bass. good enough about instruments to know, but <laughs> it's uh, bass. Uh, but since Mike was playing that big yeah. huge Gretsch, I'm just assu- and I only know it's a Gretsch because I hear people talk about Mike and his Gretsch all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, but I assume he was playing bass. That would make sense. But he's got his head down and his yeah. hairs in his face, and he's got that '90s grunge stance. Yeah. Nice. 
Nice. You know what That's I mean? Awesome. Like he's just yeah. like he's staring down yeah, and he's like yeah, just yeah. hitting like th- that baseline just over and over again. Right. And I'm just like, man, this looks like if like this looks like Cobain or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah. it's just That's it, awesome. Found it just found it fascinating. Yeah. Like, you know. That's pretty cool. But um but anyway, I just and so Because th- he knew in that moment he was also like, We're playing this is because that's Mike's song, right? Mike wrote that song. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, this is one of our songs. We got to do this right. Right. Like, yeah. It's it's one of ours. Yeah. And so. so at the end of the scene, then the kids storm the stage and they tear apart and then there's just mannequins. Maybe the same mannequins that jumped off the bridge. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> don't try to make sense of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't. And so, uh, so there you get this. From there, we segue into this extended scene of, of Mickey in the desert and his Coke machine. <coughs> and we were talking about the soda. Yeah. What's that? Yes, we're talking about the soda. Making sure we're uh, on the same page. Because I don't think these guys would do drugs. <laughs> what? I yeah. don't think that much, seems much like in real life. The Coke <laughs> machine was empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and this is another scene that like could have been in an episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a straight-ahead, jokey scene, but because of all the stuff that surrounds it, we it feels very surreal and odd. On an episode that Tom and I did together. Because nobody else saw the movie uh, and was here or playing Fallout Four. Kevin, I was in bed when you guys were recording. Uh, yeah, so, so resting we, up from having played Fallout Four all night. But we we said as you that, were. Um, I got Fallout fever. Ed, Ed Helms, when he took over as the Michael Scott character on The Office, right? They were recycling some probably some Michael jokes, right? So like, is it possible that like these were scenes that they had planned? Like, did they know that season two was it? Uh, I don't think they knew at the time they wrote this because uh, because. I don't think that's what's going on because famous. You know, what I'm saying is like I wonder if these were scenes for the show that they're like, well, we're never going to get to use them anyway. I don't think so because the because the this movie was famously written by Rafelson, Jack Nicholson, and the Monkees. They went to uh, I think in some island or tropical locate locale, uh, fittingly named Ojai, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and basically just. Uh, as Bill Murray would say, got stoned with the bejeebus <laughs> and uh, and and babbled into a tape recorder. Yeah. Okay, and, and that's where the, the plot of the movie came from. So, t- to the best of my knowledge, no, because okay. they weren't using the writers from the sitcom, right? Because it would have looked like if they had used the writers from the sitcom, Head would have been the monkey's equivalent of Munsters Go Home. I that makes sense. Okay, you know, I can and, and, that. and okay. clearly it's not you sure know? <sighs> because this is that era when they were trying to make. Take TV shows and put them on the big screen. So Monsters did it. Get, Wait, get there was a Monsters movie. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, Monsters Go Home. That's what I was and just talking about. And it's so. Oh, jarring. I thought that was like a. No, it was a. It was, it was a, a feature film. It was color too. Wasn't it was it? in color. That was the selling point. Is you could finally see the monsters color. in color. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. No, and I don't think there was a laugh track. No. And also, that's always really? been the problem. Like whenever they do these sitcom reunion shows, I've always said that's the problem. Like if you watch Return to Mayberry, yeah. it's actually not a bad Andy Griffith no. episode. No, 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 except no, no. there's no laugh track. So they would say these jokes and they would pause and, there's and hold the moment and there's silence. <laughs> and you just feel it it's like those episodes like people post them on YouTube of like Big Bang without the laugh track. Which yeah. is what it should be. Which is realize awful. how unfunny the show it's is. Yeah. yeah, and it and it feels like like that and yeah. it's it's really weird interesting so, um yeah but yeah so okay they were gonna like do that. it with they were gonna do it with get smart uh, there was a there was like a three or four part uh story arc in season two called um, a man named smart i think is what it was called and okay and they had written that to be a feature film and then the monsters did it and the feature film did so poorly the show got canceled and so <laughs> oh. they were like 
they were like, maybe we're not going to do that. <laughs> I've made an error. And then they yeah. just broke it up into a four-parter, so or three-parter, whatever it was. So, so anyway, so from the from the he blows up the coke machine uh, after he's stranded in the desert. And I like that. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you finally got a little action. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. And there was something kind <laughs> of linear going on finally. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. no, it was, it was funny. Yeah, because he's, he's up on the coke machine. He's he's hitting the stupid thing. It's like empty, empty. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he goes up to this tank after all these guys have surrendered. I'm like, this is really weird. And he gets in the tank, <laughs> but he turns it and then blows up the coke machine. I'm like, yeah. yes, okay, that was funny. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah it's right. like going back to okay. Yeah. So then we got get a, which, uh, which to me felt very. Uh, uh, Mike Nesmith Because yeah. I also look at this as like If you've never seen Elephant Parts Check it out But I also look at this as Because he's He is kind of um, The One of the unofficial Creators Well Official I think they brought him in For MTV And they wanted him to be The program director And he was yeah. like Well that sounds boring Yeah And <laughs> but he's he, like But he had He was concepts. in on those early sessions From the way I understand and it And then they yeah. kind of Went off without him Yeah uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean Because this felt like like something like totally. Like if you that. if you watch Elephant Parts, it's it's a series of like little tiny sketches like that, and and it you know I I don't know that he wrote it, but they were all stone stone and babbling, so he very well could have. I don't yeah. I don't know, but um but yeah, but it's, it's same. It's if a, you a like the that, line. then yeah. Elephant Parts is probably more your speed. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. So from here we get our our first Peter song. It's sang by Mickey, but written by Peter. It's called "Can You Dig It," and and that is that's who. Peter is right, right, Can you right, right. Like that's, I mean, that's who he is. Like, yeah. sure. and so that's why in this movie he's more of what you was in. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I think about is the guy from the Warriors. What's that? Like the the main uh, boss bad guy uh, from yeah. the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, uh, God, what's his name? Damn it. Okay. Awesome uh, guy. That's yeah. what his name is. But uh, so after Can You Dig It, we we go into uh, our Western scene. And uh, the Bob Ravelson had said that he didn't know that he'd ever get to direct another movie. So part of his goal with making this movie is he was going to film every genre he could think of. That's pretty cool. So yeah. you get a Western, you get a war movie, you get a boxing I'm going to get one shot at this. Yeah. You get, you get, he's <laughs> right. going to do everything. So That's funny. Um, that boxing well, you say when they get to the western, I'm just like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> what? Why are we in a western? <laughs> so you so you get a very young Terry Gar. Uh, is that who that that's was? Who that was? Man, she was. Yeah, pretty, she, was she, pretty, was, she was a pretty lady. And she's been around forever. She was on. Uh, she was one of. Uh, I think she was on an episode of Andy Griffith, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She was on an early episode of Mash. Jack Nicholson was also on an episode of Andy Griffith, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, I thought the woman looked. I could not figure out who it was sure. to save my life. Yeah, but, but yeah. she has uh, one of the lines that get like gets used. If you listen to the soundtrack of the movie Head, there's a lot of snippets from the movie, and so they they use that what one. Knockers? The suck it before the <laughs> quick suck it before the poison mm-hmm. reaches my heart. Yeah, uh, but at this point is when the kind of thing, the the wall of the movie begins to break down. Not that there was ever much of one, but Mickey has his tantrum on set where he's knocking the arrows out of his chest and and he's just and he storms out and he breaks through the set. I like that. Like visually, there's yeah. a lot of stuff in this movie. Just just real quick, to interrupt. Like okay, it, the the, the b- podcast where we talk about yeah. the movie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that it technically counts as interrupting. But, yeah, but go on. But you know, it's like so. There's no plot and it jumps around and the movie's crazy and makes no sense. But visually, I'm like they did a lot of stuff. Yeah, visually that I yes. think really worked. Like I right. liked the direction. And I liked, you know, I liked the performances even, you know, it's just, yeah. it just was so disjointed and weird. And they do I, a lot know? of like really quick edits that weren't all that common for the yeah. time. And, and what's really interesting is, is Rafelson has said that like, because he did that as he, as he went on with his directing career, he started using less edits because he felt like I'd already done that. 
And so he's like, I'm going to be more about the performance and holding the camera and letting the actor shine through. Yeah. Because I've already done that. You want to see quick edits? I did it in head. Like, mm-hmm. And it's just interesting that as the rest of the world ends up in a, unintentionally, because I don't know that I could say this movie is influential enough to influence a, a whole generation of filmmakers, but as the rest of the world coincidentally follows the footprint of this movie with quicker edits, mm-hmm. like especially he's now, yeah, especially now, yeah, like he's going the other direction and going with longer and longer takes. So I just thought that was interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. So then we get our first uh, diner scene with the sassy transgendered waitress, female yeah. impersonator. I think, yeah, I think yeah, you can yeah. just flat out say female impersonator it's, first. It, what it's what it was. It's 1968, yeah. and that's I think that's what that was supposed to be. I don't think it was supposed to be a statement on gender. No. Um. Uh, this is actually this is the one that I liked. Yeah, where he's like, I don't think I should punch her. Yeah, I there's. Um, I think and that's the, where Jack Nicholson appears. I think the punching comes later, doesn't it? Because they go back to the do they to the waitress. Um, this is the one where they're like all talking about. Uh, they're they're all like Davy has this really weird interaction with her where he just they just yeah. can't stand each other right. yeah and he's like you know i'd like a glass of cold gravy with a hair in it please and, <laughs> yeah and they're just like like saying like really it was like, really mean, weird things yeah. to each other but it's like but it it's like it in today's culture like it feels borderline offensive yeah but, yeah but this man woman like and i don't say that politically like i don't know what it is i really don't know at what the time what they were trying, what yeah, they were yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. say what they were trying to say um but but like but she can so hold her own that yeah. you don't like you feel okay about it you right. know i was um, just like what are they doing like he's like why don't we go get out of here so we can never run into each other again <laughs> right, just yeah. really weird stuff yeah, I'm like, I, what I, are they, I liked that line. what are they yeah. talking about <laughs> and so uh so so then it segues into the to the boxing scene and that's sunny liston it is would yeah be dead so, within 18 months little did you know yeah, yeah. um but uh, that would have been like the man. It's like Mike Tyson popping up in Hangover. It is. Yeah, that was a hit. People saw it. But you know, <laughs> and then the the actress is Annette Funicello. Yep. So, oh man. And so yeah. it's kind of more breaking down in the fourth wall because you see him picking the boxer, and the hand comes out and wipes her tear away. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, and then you have that extended boxing scene where Mickey flips out and runs up in this in the the ring and starts punching everybody, <laughs> and you get the whole like. You know, you're the dummy, and that's when Peter really kind of comes out. Is yeah. like, yeah. you know, and and it's so like sad the way he's saying it, yeah. where he's like, "I'm the dumb, I'm I'm always I, it's the me. dummy, I'm the yeah. dummy." Yeah, right, like it's, right. it's like yeah. it's really kind of like you really like have a lot of pain. You did, in that like, yeah. so I didn't, I never knew. Like I just assumed, uh, like I didn't have the context of like he wasn't the dummy, right? You know what right. I mean? So like it didn't resonate until you said that. Until you said earlier, where he's like, he was never that guy, right? Yeah. Well, that and, scene and, and means I think, more I think now. That whole like just all, pretty much all of Peter in this movie is sort of like the most deconstructed, right? Yeah. take on the monkeys as what they were uh, presented, yeah, uh, as on on television. Because also, don't forget that like it's not like an actor has never played a dumb character sure. before, sure. Right? right? But like these guys. They casted them and then they gave them their own names within the context of the show. Yeah. And I think that's what really. It's harder to disconnect the two. Was, yeah. and that's what like, really muddied the waters for people. That yeah. it was like, you know, like the actor's name was Peter Tork. The character's name was Peter Tork. Like Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> but he really was dumb. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Fair enough. So so then uh, we get uh, As We Go Along, which is another Carol King song, this time without uh, Goffin. It was with another writer whose name I'm blanking on. But this is. This is just a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, and and they still do this one in concert. They do Porpoise Song in concert a lot too, um, but uh, it's just a really beautiful song. And you get guitar work from Neil Young. That's just okay. Who was doing session work back then. 
Uh, isn't that weird? Like, isn't that just strange when you hear names like that? Like, he was just a guy who didn't really get any work, yeah. so they just brought in Neil Young, right, to do like backup guitars for something. Yeah, and that just—I just always find that fascinating when you look at like there was a uh, Sound City documentary, right, where it's just like they they talk about. If you haven't seen it, it's a Dave Grohl documentary about a, a soundboard. And just every all of these awesome. all of these artists who have performed on this soundboard in this studio, but it's just like you see all these people who were like, yeah, I was there, and then in walked, you know, like Clapton or yeah. any Fleetwood Mac, anybody who well, just Jimmy like, Page started as a session musician. Yeah, isn't that just that that's mind boggling? Glenn Campbell was a session musician. In fact, he plays the main lick on Clarksville. That's yeah. oh, what really? makes it so yeah. like vibrant. Like he was in the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, huh. totally. Yeah, I just find I, I always find that you know. <laughs> People starting out where I was like, yeah, this guy guested yeah. on this spot. Well, it's like he, getting your foot in the door. They got it. Yeah, yeah no, you're exactly you know, like, like when they should like when Jennifer when, Lawrence was on the Bill Ingvall show, right? Like wasn't right. She was. Yeah. Mm. Got to earn a paycheck. That's, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. all those actors that we see now, and then we go and you watch a movie from 20 years right. ago. And you're like, what are they doing in this? Just like Dan, like Dana Brett. Carvey in Halloween, too. Oh, of course. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Brad yeah. Pitt was on an episode of Growing Pains. Yeah. Bruce Willis right. was an extra in The Verdict. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah, he's just in the courtroom in that final scene. You can uh-huh. see him in the background. Yeah. So after As We Go Along, which is a wonderful song, they're taking a tour of this factory. Right. Which, it, obviously, it couldn't have been attended, but it really looks like Amazon. <laughs> like it looks yeah. like we're Amazon, which right. so, and and there's a great line where the the guy who's given the tour says, you know the you know the your generation is is just completely consumed with pleasure and getting exactly what immediacy immediacy and the 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 tragedy of your generation, my friend, is you may get exactly what you want and and it's just like and it's really prescient. Yeah. I mean, they they were already thinking like, oh my god, the world is getting so crazy with with how immediate things. Are and, and like immediate and in sixty standards, yeah. <laughs> and like, which was like you know it got there faster than like five days, yeah. <laughs> like now, fast forward forty seven years, that is crazy. And, and it's, it's just like exactly where yeah, we when were. he said yeah. that, I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Like the, like wow, that's really profound, especially knowing that they said it fifty years. Yeah, right, it right. really was. Yeah. Um, so the monkeys invented Amazon. Too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> check. Yeah, just, they're they're they're. Very ahead of their time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so then you get the weird dandruff scene where they they are in their dandruff and Victor Mature's <laughs> hair. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the the story is that uh, Rafelson and Jack Nicholson, when they were stoned, Nicholson was saying something going on about something, and 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 Rafelson had just kind of zoned out. <laughs> um, and he was like, "Where? What are you thinking?" And Rafelson said, "Well, I'm trying to think of the darkest thing ever." And and Jack Nicholson was like, well, what did you come up with? And he said, Victor Mature's hair. And, uh, <laughs> and he was like, that's going in the movie. Oh my Son of, that's awesome. Sure enough, yeah. here we are. The monkeys yeah. are dandruff. Yeah, because I was like, why is... What is up with the? Victim? <laughs> there was a weird. There was a cut scene on SNL about two weeks ago where they were playing dandruff and they were dressed. It looked like it was... Like somebody must have seen this movie or yeah, something. It looked yeah. just like it. I didn't get a chance to watch the scene, which is a weird because this is a really this is a re, uh, SNL is a really young cast. Yeah, like they are they are a bunch of pups and they're great. Yeah, but yeah, young, but yeah. So kids. so after this, you get Davy's kind of solo moment of uh, Daddy's song. Yeah, that's it's what it's called. It's so Davy. <laughs> so uh, Davy's Broadway so Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> but that song is who else? One who else could sing that song? Do you know oh, who no. wrote the song? Harry Nelson. Oh yeah. Harry Nelson, who, yes. whose career was uh, basically jump-started by the Monkees. Yeah. He was working at a bank, 
and uh, he had written a bunch of songs, and and he had done this uh, like kind of a Beatles edit where he mm-hmm. did like put like thirty seven Beatles songs in one song, but it wasn't editing; it was him playing it. And uh, it's it's a really cool song, and it was kind of like I mean, he basically like invented the mashup. I don't even know how else mm-hmm. to describe it. Interesting, and yeah. uh, and so it got him a lot of attention, but he wasn't really still earning a lot of money. And and uh, and then he wrote this song and uh, called Cuddly Toy, which is a ended up being a, a pretty big monkey song. I don't know that it was ever a big single, but within the monkeys of catalog, yeah, like uh, I'm sure if you want to be normal. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like it's still like that's like a yeah. a marquee song for them a song Davy would always sing in concert um, and Davy bought the song like on the spot and the story goes that uh, that that Harry N- Nilsson's manager was like he just turned to him and was like you can quit the bank now <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're all right yeah like you're gonna be okay yeah yeah right. and so um, so this is the uh, um, and Mickey uh, was actually really good friends with Harry Nilsson and, 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 and part of the Hollywood Vampires. I was going to say the Hollywood Vampires. And if you don't know about them, look them up. Yeah, and that was Alice Cooper and John Lennon and Mickey Dolenz and was Ringo one of them and Harry Nilsson. Nilsson. This is like the weirdest group of yeah. Friends oh yeah, ever. it was basically <laughs> like you had to be able to drink a certain <laughs> it a, amount. To it was get a in. drinking club. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and these were the guys. These were the guys. Yeah. Hmm. And it's so, always weird when you hear like behind uh, for me like yeah. when you hear the bes- behind the scenes stuff where it was like it was this guy was friends with this guy and right they were a tight group of people that are never, so dip, like, like when you said alice cooper and john lennon and, and then it's mickey like, dolan's yeah. and, and you're dolan's. like what you're yeah. like normally i would say like get all sesame street and be like one of these things is not like <laughs> yeah. the other but none of these none things of is like none the of other. and yet like, they were all yeah and they were all that's so cool they were all um enablers <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, okay they all had okay. their okay. issues yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but daddy's song talk about editing like what that, a that's like yeah, what a brilliant scene from an editing standpoint because here's the deal like there was no computer trickery because your right. computer was the size of Montana <laughs> back then yeah. you know like they filmed that scene twice once in with black clothes and a white background yeah. another with white clothes and a background black background and then they would go in the editing bay and just like and just toggle back and forth yeah. and it's like well jesus no wonder yeah. rafelson didn't yeah. want to do quick <laughs> takes sucked. anymore yeah. i can't imagine how many again. how many cuts there must be in that scene because you I mean, have to actually cut like there's no yeah you there's were, no avid where you right, can you yeah were cu- you, you were literally uh, cutting oh, like i'm yeah. surprised if more people had seen this movie some they would have given somebody a seizure yeah <laughs> like so because i mean it's yeah. so flickery you yeah. know but uh and the girl he's dancing with i should point out is a young tony basil yep the who is the uh choreographer She's the choreographer for the film, and uh, if you know her, it's from her big 80s song, Mickey. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, and people think, a lot of people think that that song is about, about Mickey Dolenz. Well, a lot of people thought it was about Mick Jagger, and a lot of people were wrong. It's about Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense now. Yeah. But yeah, so she was the, the dancer in that scene, and, and choreographed all the, whatever dancing is in the movie, so I guess the belly dancing scenes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so... So Davey gets done with his song. Yeah. Well, and it's, oh, it's, sorry. I was going to say that that is uh, it, it, obviously a very Davey song, but it's also uh, true testament. Like Davey really knowing how to hit his mark. His, yes, his his musical theater background is absolutely clearly at play because that little uh, umbrella flip. Yeah, like how. That's how badass is yeah, that? Right. Because yeah, right. I mean, have you ever tried to flip an umbrella? There's <laughs> yes. they, they don't have any balance, you know. And he's just like, top heavy. I'm not granted heavy. they probably had some sort of stage umbrella that was weighted, but yeah, still, but it's, it's an umbrella, you know. And he right. just like flips it, catches you can't it, get mine open out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, so so after the scene, you get another gr- great line in the food movie when he walks out and he sees Frank Zappa with a cow for some reason. Because why not? Because why not? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and he's like, that song is pretty white, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Frank Zappa was actually always a big supporter of the Monkees. He was a big fan of what they were doing. Always yeah. had been. So he loved, and he hated critics. So he was like, as soon as critics hated them, and he was like, well, they can't be I all I love bad. those guys. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, and I love them. Uh, so then you get uh, the scene with the cop and the and the oh. and the step dancers doing their the drill team again, yeah, yeah. which was weird. Yeah, and then it just da- goes along with everything else. Yeah, and then yeah. Davy goes in the bathroom and he opens the the medicine cabinet and sees a big giant eyeball. I don't know why there's a medicine cabinet in a public restroom. Oh yeah, but that's probably yeah, that's the right. least weird thing in the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. so a, I'm telling you, there's a giant eyeball in there. Yeah. yeah, and then it's also an interesting little nod when Peter comes in. He's whistling. I don't know if you noticed. He was whist- whistling "Strawberry Fields." Yes, he was. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they probably would have had to pay for that if anybody ever saw this thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. I was like, hey, huh? Is there like a limit to how many notes, bud? Yeah, but he's clearly whistling "Strawberry <laughs> Fields." So then, at this point, Davy disappears, and the cop does his weird little dance. Yeah. Like, uh, which, mm-hmm. like, fair enough. Okie dokie. Uh, and then we get the cop's dream. When it gets starts to get very this is, I, don't, I don't remember this part. Yeah. Oh, is this when it gets weird? This is when it starts to get weird. <laughs> oh, okay. This but, is a, yeah. but this is another, like, end joke where, like, they want... they. Kidnap Mike and they they want him to go to this birthday they yeah, stay with his birthday, birthday party, party. Yeah. and uh, and and he's like everybody disappears on him he's trying to find people and he's got this great line where he's like he, he's trying to threaten them into coming back right. and he's like he's like uh, he's like you know you better come back he's like I'll tell them all about us you think they think we're plastic now man wait till <laughs> I get done yeah. and <laughs> that's pretty cool and he's the one who outed them to the press is not playing their instruments that kind of started what what is referred to as the palace revolt when they stood up to Kirshner and threatened mm-hmm. to kick his like do their thing like literally threatened to hurt him physically oh yeah and Mike threw a famously threw a punch and like just missed his head and it went through the drywall and he was like next time that'll be your face and that was <laughs> after they had just handed him each a check for like a hundred grand from royalties <laughs> so I just, and he was like I don't want your money I want to play an instrument I just saw a meme of a from the, the drummer from the Stones yeah where he tells a sto- where he tells a story where he was like uh, so he he's sitting in his hotel room there's a knock at the door and it's just like an assistant he said uh, Mick wants to see his drummer downstairs right now so the guy's like right on so he closes the door puts on his clothes goes downstairs, knocks on Mick's door, and immediately punches Mick in the face and says, I'm not your drummer. You're, you're my lead singer. Yeah, you're my and singer. walked out. <laughs> and he's like, and that was like, just stories like that where it's like, shut up. Yeah. Like, you're not as important as you think. It's like, I started to research that story to see if it was true, and I'm Is like, Charlie Watts? I'm just going to believe that it's true. I think uh, that's, yeah. 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 The drummer from the Stones? Wow, yeah. that seems so unlike him because he's always been just this very, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. yeah, see, you. and, yeah, I was, and that's why I didn't look it up. I mean, guy's like, <laughs> don't ruin it. He's for like me. a metro. No, no, no. He's <laughs> like a, met- a story. He's like, he's like a metronome. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, like he doesn't. He, yeah. He's so emotionalist. He's always been. That's how well, the drummers were back. Doesn't then. have no, to. Ring goes the same way. You, had, yeah. you have you have the two most insane front men you could have at that yeah. point in a band. Like the drummer's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna play yeah. drums. <laughs> yeah, you need some. Little, Some little calming yeah. quiet within yeah. the storm. Yeah. So, uh, so then we get. Uh, do I have to get this all long title and then subtitled? Do I have to do this all over again? Which is our second Peter song. Um, 
Uh, and then Mike's got a great scene where he like rails against everybody for abducting him to go to his bir- this birthday party, and he's like, "That's not how you do it," <laughs> you know. And he's and he gives his whole speech, and that might be my favorite line in the whole movie. After he like just belittles them for doing this, and they're all just shocked that he would be so, you know. And he and he turns around, and he's like, "And I'll tell you another thing." The same thing goes for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get this really weird scene where like the the guy like is like having a stroke in front yeah. of us and talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's like and then, and then has another like pretty memorable line from the movie with son, don't never, but never <laughs> make fun of no cripple. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very odd. Yeah. yeah. That was I mean that was like it's that is it's the point of the movie where I'm like yeah. I'm yeah. like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's where it veered into like, like El Topo or Holy Mountain, like yeah. way into Just like really what the hell, yeah. right? So then you that get, was my what the hell. Oh, yeah. So it took a while. Like yeah, my threshold, yeah, you made it my, far. I got to the mermaids, and yeah. I, was, I was like, what? what are we that doing? Was, that was the moment where I was like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a thingamajig. <laughs> um, so, uh, so then we get the guru. Yeah. And uh, and he gives a speech. We were speaking of beliefs, beliefs and conditioning. All beliefs can be said. I mean, yeah, I could do it. Um, uh, we know. And so, uh, <laughs> it would. It, an interesting thing about this speech. When I was in high school, I went to Catholic schools. I'm not Catholic, but I went to Catholic schools because the public schools where I lived were so bad. And uh, nothing's changed. No, nothing has changed. I was in the Ferguson <laughs> Flores and School District. Yes, that Ferguson. <laughs> and so, uh, um, uh, so. The religion teacher I had my senior year was this kind of weird, like, hippie social justice type Catholic Uh religion teacher. Uh And he would just spout this crazy wackadoodle BS that just made no sense. Like, and I'm like, at some point, I'm like, I don't really think what you're saying is Catholic anymore. And I'm not Catholic, so I don't care. Like, I'll just tell you what you want to hear so I can get an A in the class. But like, but like, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. And so we had to write this paper about some sort of philosophy or whatever is applied to whatever. And so, and it was short. It only needed to be like one page. That's the kind of teacher he was. Right. So I transcribed this speech on the paper. Okay. And and I took and then Peter kind of recycles it with some extra stuff later. So I took the two and merged them and transcribed them, the beliefs and conditioning speech, and turned it in straight face. Didn't reference the monkeys or where it was from. Just it was an act of plagiarism. It was a blatant sure. act of plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, so we know we know you, you're you, a plagiarizer. You, but it served yeah, a higher it served a higher purpose, so I felt justified and <laughs> turned it in, got an A. Wow. And well, I was like, you just proved you, everything I ever thought about you. Yep. You just undid all of your education now. Everything is a sham. Everything is a sham. <laughs> everything, is a sham. everything is a sham and a damn dirty lie. So, <laughs> at least in religion classes. Yeah. I had a religion teacher try to explain to me the connections between Star Wars and God. And I was like, I mean, I'll listen to you. I love Star Wars. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> You're dumb, huh. but that's fine. <laughs> um, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. You won't ever again. Okay, where were we at? So uh, they invented the Suicide Girls. Get this girl. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. And then Peter, that was another weird one. Yeah, yeah. That was like I was like, I mean, I I don't mind this scene. Yeah, yeah. Because well, it's got a girl in a bikini. Yeah, she was and doing okay she for herself. Was, she was a pretty lady. Uh, I love the like later when they ca- when she they cut back <laughs> and he's holding her. her like she had jumped and Mike they're betting on whether she's going to jump and Mike's holding right. her and like she's got this look on her face like. How did this happen? Yeah, like yeah. it's and she doesn't 
never not no. have that look. She holds it for the entire take, and it's she does. just the yeah. eye shifting. It's 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 great. It's little, a, his, yeah, he's so, like paying out. Yeah. The, he's paying out the bet. Yeah. yeah. So, so and it's clear around this time of the movie that they were just like shooting wherever they could uh, around on the, the lot. On the right. Lot. Right. Like, right. Uh, can like, we use that building? Uh, we got a girl in a bikini. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So <laughs> Peter's very confused, and now they end up back in the box. They end up in this black box, and um. What's interesting? What's some, in some monkeys' backstory is the monkeys actually had a box like this that they were that they were kept in during the series because they would make so much noise in their trailer. <laughs> they built <laughs> a black box for them, and they would go in this. They would keep them in this box where they would basically just get stoned. Yeah, and, and they had a light for each monkey, and so like if the red light went on, then that meant Davy, and that means they needed them. If red, if red and green, then that means Davy and Mickey, and and so they would just sit in this box until their lights would come on, and then they would. So the they original, actually it's the original hot box. Yeah, so they really <laughs> did have have a box. Like they're all sort like that's what I mean when this movie's like one big end joke. Right. So okay. so Davy decides he's going to break them out of the box and. He goes on a one-man killing spree, getting him out of the box, and uh, uh, and they go through this whole big Byzantine thing, only to end up right back in the box, which I think is kind it's of kind of yeah metaphor for, right. for this movie and for what they felt like their no careers how were hard like, we try to get out of this they're, box. They're always going to yeah. be the monkeys. So this which, is a big action scene when they start like fighting. I mean, as close as you're going to get. I mean, this was <laughs> yeah. the, in this movie. This was like the most action, like. Yeah, they were, like fighting people and getting them like they're falling off of walkways and stuff. Yeah, like, he punches them off a walkway right. or something like that. Though I will say it was really funny. So my six-year-old son watched a lot of this movie with me. Like he was coming and going, just walking by. Like, what are you watching? First, he walked <laughs> Some dad's by. Like, I don't know. Yeah, first he walked by and he goes, "This movie's so weird." <laughs> and then he comes back and you know, and he watches it for a little bit. And he goes, "This is the weirdest movie ever." <laughs> and then he walks by right before that scene, and Davey punches through the box and starts fighting people, and he goes. Whoa! Now that is cool. <laughs> That's what he Literally, he thought that was yeah. cool. He goes, he goes, no, now that is cool. That's funny. <laughs> so, so, uh, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, so, well, I forgot they're back in the box, and then Peter explains it all, and then that's what sets off Davy's rampage because he mm-hmm. ends with the same line about, but well, I know nothing. And he was like, "Well, then you're wasting my time." So he goes on his three state killing spree, <laughs> and uh, and they end up uh, only to lead them back into the box. Right. It gets a little blazing saddles at this yes. point. Yeah, you know? I can yes. see that. Yeah. Uh, with this running around the studio lot and everybody from the film is kind of chasing them. Yeah. And so they uh they so they get dropped into the desert. That's my shooting hand. Yeah, and then they end up back on the studio lot and then they end up in a dune buggy chase with with a giant Victor Mature. <laughs> It's a little sad to see them driving a car that's not the monkey mobile. Yeah. Knocking yeah. along. Why, I wonder why they didn't do that. I think that because they just didn't want to bring in a piece from the show. Okay. And the my other theory is they maybe they didn't own the rights to their own logo. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay. I was wondering, I mean, to make this movie and do the things they did, like, this had no involvement from the people involved with the show, I right? believe the budget on the movie was like $750,000, which mm. for, Man. for 1968... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but, it was, yeah, it was mostly weed. It was mostly weed. Yeah. Don't who, get me wrong. Who owned yeah. the show, though? Who got them together? Like, who... NBC okay. um, was aired the show, but, and it was produced by Cole Gems. Okay, so the same people that were doing, I think, like Gidget and stuff. Okay, like that. so like when this movie came out, were they okay with it? With them doing? I, I, mean, well, I don't had, understand. Like, I think at this the point, like, on the outs, it was though. unraveling, okay. and I think yeah. they were such a nightmare for for the network at that point that they were just like whatever because okay. they had one one thing left with all four of them that aired that came out after this and it was called 33 and a third revolutions per monkey it was a an hour long like variety show type special it's really weird 
It's and, why am I not surprised? And and uh, um, and the network was so done with them at this point that they it only aired once, and they aired it opposite the Oscars. So they oh, wow. so they knew nobody would watch it, and then they could go. You're clearly not popular anymore. Yeah, go away. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah. So there's a wrestling reference that I could make in there, but I'll let it go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. We've already b- bombarded them with comic books, right? So um, so uh, they're in the Dune buggy. They're running around, and then the Dune buggy. They end up back at the bridge. Yeah. We're back at the beginning of the movie, yeah. and they cut. They run through. Hey, the, something makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. what that was about. And they okay. run through the. Uh, you know, because everybody, the yeah, but yeah, yeah, we're yeah the 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 tape and the bridge opening ceremony because we're mm-hmm. back at the beginning because time is a flat circle, and uh, <laughs> uh, and they, they Mickey jumps off the bridge again. This time they all jump off the bridge, and they end up in a tank of water, in a box, in a truck, and Victor matures there. That was cool. I got. The, I'm like, that's and cool. That the scene. Scene. right, right, right. That right. was cool though. They're all swimming and everything, and then it pans out, and they're in the mm. box, and they're driving away with them. Like, there's like, I'm, there's no escape. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was cool. I like again visually and like a lot of the stuff they did like that. Really cool. It was just so disjointed. I had trouble understanding <laughs> what was happening or and, what you know, it meant. But and that was, I liked it. That you was know? purposeful. You know, sure, like sure. like there's a quote from Jack Nicholson where he talks about how it's his favorite rock and roll movie because it was the anti rock and roll movie. And right. He's like, and it looks like it's completely jumbled and about nothing. And, he, and he's like, and that's not easy to achieve. No, and it's not. <laughs> and I, I thought this was great. Uh, I found the original uh, review of the movie Head from the New York Times. Oh wow, and that's so, awesome. So. Uh, and this also shows you it's really because it's because it's in the present tense, right? I mean, it's in the past tense. Sure. We're not 1968. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. But uh, but it was written from in all the, the weed that I smoked trying sure, to watch this. Movie, you got a honestly. contact high from this movie, right? <laughs> so, um, but because it was it it came out in this this was written in the 60s. It really gives you a a view into what people felt about the monkeys at, in real time, right? Sure. So, uh, the reviewer said and uh, uh, I was going to tell you the name of the review but I don't know because there's two reviews here and it doesn't tell you who wrote which one but I think it probably lists them chronologically for how the reviews are posted so if that was true it was written by Renata Adler okay whoever that is yeah And Renata says, I don't know if it's guy or girl, so, uh, <laughs> says, Head, which opened yesterday at the Studio Cinema and Greenwich Theaters, which might be the only two theaters in America playing <laughs> the film, uh, <laughs> might be a film to see if you have been smoking grass or if you like to scream at the monkeys or if you are interested in what interests drifting heads and hysteric high school girls. I'm thinking this isn't going to be a rave review. I don't, th- I think you're right. And, and uh, who would like to keep score for me? I'll do it. We need a little bell. Yeah. So uh, just For uh, what? keep score every time they mention marijuana. Got it. Okay, so, so we're already at one. Ding. One. Yeah, ding. <laughs> there you go. Uh, dreadfully written by Jack Nicholson and directed by Bob Rafelson, who, with Burt Schneider, created the Monkees as a singing group. The movie is nonetheless of a certain fascination in its joining of two styles. Pot. Ding. And advertising. The special effects, playing with perspective, focus, dimension, interstices, Interstices? I've never seen it as a plural. Uh, (laughs) Symmetry, color, logic, pace are most accessible to marijuana. Ding. The the use of (laughs) prepackaged stars gives the movie a kind of brand name respectability, like putting Jim Dooley on display in a hashish crowd. Ding. And we'll count it. Yeah, that counts. Uh, The Monkees, who are among the least talented contemporary music groups and know it, 
<laughs> Dang. I, That's pretty harsh. Ooh, yeah. Just breaking it off. And yeah. yeah. Are most interesting for their lack of similarity to the Beatles. Going through Arasat's Beatles songs and jokes and motions, their complete lack of distinction of any kind, the fact that fame was stamped on them by hucksters, as it might have been on any nice, four random, utterly undistinguished boys, makes their performance <laughs> modest and almost brave. Wow. <sighs> wow. Uh, they, I, you know, people. I, I will say this is how I felt about Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> but people don't write reviews like this anymore. No, uh, they work very hard, and they aren't any good. This keeps them less distant from their own special fans than the Beatles or, say, Bob Dylan and the Beach Boys are. They do not have to bridge the distance of talent or style. Wow. I mean, this is like this is just hateful. Yeah. This that is, is just like. No, I, yeah. it is it is so strange though because you don't get reviews like this anymore. No. You get like they they kind of be like eh, it's not yeah. the greatest thing in the world. You may not want to check well, it's it funny. out. People talk about how mean the internet is. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Look yeah. at this, this the, gal, the New York Times, Renata, whatever yeah. your name just is, trolled them yeah. <laughs> because so, it's written well. Yeah, yeah right. it says uh, there are some funny moments, and this is the part of the in- the review that I find utterly fascinating. There are some funny moments. <clears throat> An old joke about a regiment of Italian soldiers surrendering, surrendering to a single man, a policeman posing girlishly before a mirror, a scene in which the boys are cast as dandruff in the hair of a giant Victor Mature, a war scene in which Ray Nitschke of the Green Bay Packers keeps senselessly tackling a GI, an attack on a Coke machine, a breaking up of the film set, a nice transportation of a transposition of the Columbia Pictures logo. So, so I hated this movie scene, except for ninety seven percent of the film what the holy yeah. hell this movie is awful except for all the, the great parts yeah yeah this is uh there are some ugly scenes too mock fights in which sunny liston badly beats one of the monkeys about the face jesus christ based on the first part i thought that would be your favorite part of the movie right. when one of them gets punched in the face you hate him so damn much <laughs> renata we don't like you renata yeah. renata's probably dead yeah. at this point yeah, very likely but uh, uh but it will be interesting to see and this is where renata <laughs> proves her worth okay because i find this this last paragraph very fascinating uh he or she maybe a she probably says uh but it will be very interesting to see if the underlying fusion works if taking essentially subversive styles as in other pot films a ding such as revolution and you are what you eat uh, and covering them with famous mediocrities assures their success. The aesthetic marijuana Ding. world is bound to come out importantly in films one way or another. This sort of movie may be the testing ground. Wow. Well. And, and and we never reference, but in the diner scene, like you for a brief second when this when Peter does this thing about not wanting to hit the girl and right. Right. and Jack Nicholson wanders in Dennis Hopper wanders in in costume from right. Easy Rider. Right. Sure, um, that, were they filming this at the same time? Apparently, because he was in costume. He was, that's in, yeah, okay. he was in full, yeah, full Dennis he Hopper in, gear. Yeah, and um, so when she says this may be <laughs> that's just how Dennis Hopper looked. I was going to say it might have been his look. <laughs> this movie may be a testing ground. This movie was absolutely a it testing absolutely ground. Was. So yeah. even I mean, gotta give Renata credit for all of her hatred of the monkeys and of this movie that she kind of sort of liked. Yeah, her right. assessment of the movie is pretty spot on. Yeah, her, that her, it, she just hates the monkeys. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's like but she's but she was absolutely right. Like 
marijuana and the hippie drug culture was about to make a profound mark on cinema. Right. And it was going to be by these guys, and it was going to be about 35 minutes later. Yeah. Like, because this is the crew that went on to do uh-huh. five easy pieces uh-huh. and yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the Marvin Gardens and, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, just uh, Postman yeah. Always Rings Twice. And I mean, they just, they, you know, they they were very influential in independent cinema. And yeah. and it all started with this film, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, six was your count. Six. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Six. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, marijuanas. Six marijuanas. You mentioned that this was, you saw this on a double feature with Hard Day's Night. Although yeah. it would have been. I think if he would have had this paired up with with help with help, yeah, it would have been this. Yeah, they wouldn't have been that far apart. No, they really wouldn't. You have. know, it's like yeah. huh. you put it up against Hard Day's Night, which and it's Hard Day's way, Night was like the Innocent Beatles, Innocent Beatles, but but you know, almost too you know sly for people to understand. Right. I mean, it was also deconstructive, absolutely, and also you know playing against type, but sure, but nobody was really quite. Aware, right, and it was also it had very like highbrow wit to it that people weren't expecting. So right. they, so it, it goes over a lot of people's heads. Yeah, versus like you throw help on there, or oh god, magical mystery tour. Ooh. But you throw those <laughs> yeah, on there, you think this is a muddled mask? Go watch magical <laughs> mystery tour. Yeah, you throw those on there, and it's like they're they're like really close. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that like, Dan just got his video recovered. Yeah, yeah there you go. Right, any of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, magical mystery tour. Yeah, um, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's, it's a it, Beatles movie. It was a Beatles oh, movie. It was a cartoon, kind of, Yellow Submarine. It was so all, Yellow Submarine. Well, there was Yellow right. Submarine, and then there was Magical Mystery Tour, which yeah. was just sort of like oh, a yeah, yeah, swapped yeah, together. Yeah, uh, it's kind of very much like this. Okay. Although this is a little bit, uh, I think, purposeful, easy, easier to swallow. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this was per- they were trying to make it like that. Yeah. Well, I don't think think they necessarily were with Magical Mystery. Yeah. Tour. Well, and it's funny because like um, you know. The monkeys uh, basically having the revolt um, and kicking out Kirshner. Yeah. The Beatles didn't do that. I mean, the Beatles did the same thing, is, is that at a certain point, they said, we don't want to keep touring to, you know, sold out theaters of Screaming Girls. Right. And, and, they and, what, they, and what they wanted to do create musically couldn't be replicated live. No. Isn't and that so, what Zeppelin kind of did? Well, they were always yeah, out there. But I mean, yeah, like, I mean, didn't they get to a point where they were just kind of like... You know, we don't want to be a jukebox. Yeah. yeah. Because of the, where they all just yeah. kind of like, I mean, they, they went out kind of on top. Right. But they all kind of said, like, yeah. well, we, except for one of them. Except for one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that one. But, but no, you know I, what I'm saying? Like, they just thought, like, we can we can play Stairway to Heaven a yeah. million times. Right. But we don't want to. Yeah. So right. they just kind of walked away. But it's but it's interesting. Like, the monkeys actually kind of, um, you know, to Tom's point, is like, they did that earlier yeah right um, right right i mean a lot of that take that this take on things they predate so many people that have followed with the same kind of thing sure yeah. you know it's it's and they and they really don't get the credit they deserve and that. there's tons of artists that have done that i mean marvin yeah. gay is a great example of like you know he he was set and he's like i don't want to get out there and shake my ass and be some sort of Frank Sinatra, you right, know? right, like, right. He's like, I don't want to do that. Well, until yeah. I needed the money, it was like par- sexual healing. Don't mind <laughs> <if I> do. <laughs> well, a, parody, a parody of myself. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like at a certain well, like, but his music, like you know, well, yeah, sexual healing. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah that although, was although at that point, like he wasn't, re- there wasn't a lot of output anyway. Totally. And he had the whole yeah. re- nasty divorce and had to do a whole album to pay for it. Yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, you know, but you think about like going from like his early stuff to like what's going on. It's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Right, yeah. because the, it was there, and they just weren't allowed to do it. Right, gotcha. Gotcha. And like even those early monkeys albums it's like that's why those standout songs are like that's different yeah i mean last year in clarksville is 
technical about a guy going off to Vietnam. Right, right. You know, I mean, that nobody was talking about I just, that. I always loved that. It was hidden, but it was You see the, like, we see it now, because mm-hmm. we know about it, but yeah. it, and maybe not even then, I'm sure, like, you didn't know the the underlying story that they right. were trying to tell. Like, right. Last Train to Clarksville could be a pretty, you know... It can go either way. Completely meaningless. You don't have to take it that way, but, but once you know where Clarksville's at and what people did there, correct. you know. You know you what know? the score is, yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's... Not they're not Millie Vanilli. I, I keep <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm sorry if there's a no, Millie Vanilli podcast out there. There isn't. Yeah. Don't no, worry about it. Are you they, know, are it's they like, dead? Well, one of them. one of them is. Yeah, um, one of them is. But it's one of those. One, things the other like, one just did a episode of The Moth ta- it, telling that story. Yeah, it's just weird because it's uh, what they get they lumped into. You know, like oh, they didn't do anything. It's like, right? No, they did a lot, and they and they didn't at first, and they stood up and said no. Yeah, and right, and, and then they did stuff. Right, and, right, like, right, right, and, and they've been and they've been fighting that battle ever yeah. since. It and it, it really is ultimately very unfair because they did do the right thing and they never got the credit for it that right. they deserve. I, I don't get why that was such a small part. I mean, albeit it was the first part where they were found, but they it was such a small part and then they've yeah. gone on to still this day performing and, and touring and doing things. Yeah. Like, why is that little part of their creation yeah. what defines them? Because Rolling nobody, Stone Magazine hates them. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> Jan Warner, Jan, Rolling yeah. Stone Magazine hates them. Yeah. Why, though? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, because I mean, he came from that era. He was there and watched it happen in real purist. time and just holds yeah. a grudge. Oh. And even though he'll, now he'll put, you know... Yeah, Miley Cyrus, right on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine or whatever. But the monkeys are a problem. Like it's just you know when they did their reunion tour, they were in the Reader's Choice. They they were voted the best comeback tour of 1986, and Rolling Stone also deemed them the worst comeback tour of 1986 because they just hate them that much. I just don't like that's that's the kind of journalism I find despicable. Yeah, well, I mean, Rolling Stone hated. I mean, they hated Led Zeppelin and they hated Van Halen. I mean, it's like to be hated by they hated Queen. So to be hated by Rolling Stone, it's kind of like a a badge of honor. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but they finally like turned the corner and had to admit that those bands were good. And they're finally starting to turn the corner on the Monkees. That that last tour with Davey, they finally started acknowledge that like, hey, this band's actually pretty good. And then when Davey died, they wrote a lot of really nice things, which. I'm glad they didn't write bad things, but they could have written nothing or yeah. just done a real small yeah. blur. But they wrote right. a very nice piece, and then when Mike came back, they wrote a very nice piece, really kind of aggrandizing his place in the history of the creation of country rock, which is yeah. which is just can't y- fight it. You can't cal- calculate enough how much that man contributed right. to that genre of music. The version of the Eagles, Seven Bridges Road, he created that arrangement. Another, it was sung by another band, and then another band covered it. But the original version sounds. Nothing like what you're familiar with. The cover sounds exactly like what the Eagles did, okay. and his and he produced the album that is the version. Did they only that, do know, that live? Yeah, I think they, just they never did that in the studio. Oh, yeah, did they? Just live. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. I love that song. But anyway, so that's uh, that's our episode, our special Zilch episode. So thanks to Ken and Sarah Clark and all yeah. the people over at Zilch Six. for letting us come on. Thank Thank you. We really out. appreciate it. And. Uh, um, we'll go around the table, and everybody on our show can tell everybody where to find them. Hey, this is Dan. You can find me on Twitter at DanGraney67, G-R-A-N-E-Y. This is Joe. You can also follow me on the Twitter at JoeyButts, B-U-T-T-S, 21. I'm Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And I am Tom O'Keefe, the one who loves the monkeys the most. <laughs> uh, Wait till we do our Superman podcast. Yeah, do we do a Superman yeah. podcast? Yeah, then I'll well, sit over quietly. What podcast do I get? I'll yeah. come up with some. Yeah, you can come up with some. Yeah. You can get some Wes Anderson podcast. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I, I'll, get, I'll take the Star Wars one. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Roger Kubert or uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, if you would like to check out the show, uh, you can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. 
or on Twitter at Real Spoilers. If you have questions or you want to chastise us for some piece of <laughs> monkey trivia that I probably got wrong at some point, and you're going to be like, you're not a real fan. You're not a real fan. You didn't know when the show got canceled. <laughs> um, you can do that at realspoilers at reviewstl.com. And that's real with two E's, like a movie reel. See what we did there? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Or you can check out our website, realspoilers.com. How about that? So uh, while we're also on iTunes... So go there and subscribe if you like, and you can hear us do this sort of stuff with all sorts of different movies. There's plenty of them that we've done. At this point, we've done like 140 episodes, yeah, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. So, uh, so we've done pretty much all the major movies in the last two and a half. So three we'll years. say we started with Man of Steel. We started That's with Man of started, Steel, and, and we still haven't from. moved on. <laughs> yeah. So we still argue about it to this. <laughs> Just day. wait. We got we got another few months, and then yeah. we can go back at it. Can't again. wait. It's almost yeah. time for me to prove you all wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not gonna. Pro- you're yeah. never gonna prove that Man of Steel was good. But it's gonna yeah. be good. <laughs> you're just gonna yeah. prove yeah. that they decided they that we were right. They wrote their movie. They fixed They fixed it. So, but anyway, so we're at iTunes, and if you like us, feel free to rate and review us we would greatly appreciate it and once again thanks to the cast of zilch for letting us come on and for uh, real spoilers fans who listen to this show um that are hearing this as just a regular real spoilers episode let me point out that zilch is a podcast that's a lot of fun uh and if if you're if you're only gonna listen to one because i know that if you're not a monkeys fan you're like why would i listen to people talk about the monkeys for an hour like that i i get that um and uh the, the episode, I think it's episode 19, and they interview Marty Ross from the New Monkeys. And okay. I know that you're like, if I don't care about the monkeys, why would I care about the New Monkeys? But that episode is just positively riveting to hear this man tell the story of being plucked from obscurity and return there not too long after. And I don't mean <laughs> that in a mean way because I'm friends with Marty on Facebook and he's a super nice guy. But um, but that story and the way he tells it of how they were primed to be the next monkeys because Rafelson, Schneider, all those guys were involved with the launch of the new monkeys. So there was the same creative team behind it and just the amount of hatred and vitriol that they got from the fans and how that one moment they're going around doing the rounds on the Today show and the next moment they're taking their instruments back from them oh like it's God. just it's just a fascinating story so if you're only going to listen to one i would recommend the one with marty ross and the new monkeys it's a it's a really fascinating story very so, good thanks for tuning in we appreciate it and until next time save the texas prayer chicken Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.